welcome to Hidden in Medicine podcast, where we showcase initiatives and stories of healthcare professionals and pre-health students from underrepresented communities. I'm your host, Tenzin Jigme, and this is season one called Life Amidst a Pandemic. In this season, we will talk to members of BXCHL, Bronx Community Health Leaders, about how this COVID-19 pandemic has affected their life. The episodes will be roughly divided into three parts, starting with how their academic life has been affected, followed by how their work has been impacted by this coronavirus, and finally discussing how their general life has changed and what they envision moving forward. For our first episode, we have Crystal, who is a member of BXCHL. First of all, thank you for taking the time. My first question is, could you share a little bit about yourself? Hi, my name is Crystal Nemezia. Um, I'm currently preparing to take my GRE in September 2020 with aspirations to attend public health epidemiology school, hopefully NYU or Columbia or John Hopkins or CUNY School of Public Health. So we'll see which ones I get into <laughs> and which seems like the best fit for me after that. After getting my master's, I would love to go to medical school. A few things that I've done in the past or that I'm currently doing now include studying at Hunter College as a sociology and human biology major, also working in a few hospitals as a medical scribe, and then with Bronx Community Health Leaders, I am the current editor for our public health newsletter where we get out info and resources to students and patients at Montefiore. Yeah, and something that I do for fun on the side that some people know about me, uh, I do write, record, and produce poetry projects that talk about social justice and public health issues. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> You plan to apply to graduate school in epidemiology, and I assume you had plans planned out before uh, this COVID-19 happened. How has that been affected? Honestly, I don't think it's been impacted much. Um, I didn't plan on applying early. Uh, I wanted to go to NYU's School of Public Health, um, so I have a bit of time. They really don't, like, the closing for applications is January 1st. And the program starts January 15th. So I didn't plan on really applying to like November-ish. Um, the only thing that's, that does have me worried is because I plan on returning to take my bachelor classes this summer. I don't know what that's going to look like for CUNY. Is it still going to be online? Will I be able to work more hours since I can take online classes? Or will I be going into school as I thought? Am I going to be working to be able to pay for the classes? I think I think definitely my biggest concern has really been expenses because I'm more of a when there's a will, there's a way. So I know that I have the will and I know that I'll do what I need to and organize my schedule. But if I'm not working, I don't know how I'm going to um, pay for classes. Um, and I, I guess I could like try to take out a loan would be my like last option. That's the I'd say the biggest impact for me. So you plan to take classes Currently, you're not taking classes. However, you do plan to take classes for the summer? Yeah, for the summer. So currently, I'm just in the community health worker program. I did that in-classroom training, and now I'm doing the out-of-classroom training, which is an internship. But like regular credit courses at Hunter College, I, I haven't taken, and I, I want to finish up because I have like 30 credits left. Yeah, I want it to be full-time this summer. How has the internship been affected? Oh, so that's canceled. I'm not going in. They've pretty much gotten rid of everyone who's non-essential. 
I've noticed the same thing with all of my volunteer activities and extracurriculars. I also volunteered at a crisis center, and that was like the last thing to be canceled. Just last week, um, April 1st, was when they stopped having us go in, which was pretty late compared to other organizations. Everything, everything has been discontinued or postponed, or uh, my work has been declared as non-essential in the in the sense that I can work at home for whatever it is that I'm doing. Since you're applying to masters and uh, most of the masters program require you to take GRE, how are you keeping up with the the difficulty of studying at home? Honestly, I feel that I've been a lot more relaxed. And I've always felt like I'm like one of those people who needs to have a lot on their schedule to feel relaxed. But I think it's just like, I don't feel any pressure to have a lot on my schedule right now because everyone's at home. Um, and I feel like normally it's like, oh, I have to get this done. I have the opportunity. I have to go for it. Now it's like, well, there's no opportunity. So stay home and it's okay. And I just feel like I've been able to study in such a more relaxed um, less stressful environment, even though normally I don't really like to do studying at home. So I think I've been a lot more relaxed. When you say you are a bit more relaxed, uh, how does that affect how efficient you are with your studying? So when I say relaxed, I mean more my emotional state than my methods. So I'm still like putting in my four or five hours. It's just more like how do I feel? Because you know how you can study and you have that bead of sweat on your forehead and you're wondering to yourself, <laughs> oh my God, did I really retain anything? Or how does this really work? Let me take a practice test. Let me see what I really learned. Um, I just haven't been in that that place. I've been able to study and not feel like it's life or death. <laughs> so, or like, you know, it's goal or don't meet the goal. So I feel that I felt more relaxed, just like my emotional state overall while studying has been better. And it's not to a point where I'm just like falling asleep relaxed. It's just more like, hey, I'm alert, I'm aware, I'm cautious, but I don't have this unhealthy kind of toxic pressure that I felt to, to get this done because I don't have the day tomorrow. Because now I know, well, I have this done, I could take my practice, and it's not like I'm running out of time because I don't have, you know, work is canceled. All internship is canceled, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's been, it's definitely been a lot more relaxed. Would you say you are not worried too much about the consequences or you're feeling less pressure? That's what you're implying, I guess. I think it's just, you know how they, they say, if you, if, you, if you fail at something, try again. I think the mindset that I've more so been in is you cannot fail. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think because I'm here, it's just like, well, no, set the goal, be realistic with yourself, meet the goal, next level. Like, you know what I mean? And um, I don't know, it's just like more relaxed. And I'm heavy on planning. So like when I don't meet the things that, that in my schedule, I get really upset with myself. Like I'm definitely a type A personality and stuff. Are you able to meet those goals that you've set? Yeah, because I have a lot of time. <laughs> I have a lot of time. It's never been easier. I do want to make it a little more rigid when it comes to my schedule as the month comes to an end, just because I do know I can't have this. You know, I'm not going to have 12 hours that I can pick any six hours out of it or any five hours or any four hours to study out of the day. Soon there's going to be an eight hour block of time or a 16 hour block of time that I'm going to be at the hospital working. So since you have said uh, you are able to still study as, as efficient as you used to, what tips do you have for people who are not able to do that? Accountability. 
Even at home, I've had the accountability of my partner to make sure that I'm on top of my game. I'd say that's the biggest one. Like, even if you have some friends who are studying for the same exam, call them up, be on the phone, and be doing work together at the same time. Just mute the phone. You guys don't even have to talk. Just a quick check-in on how studying going. Send a text to a friend who you know is prepping for a big exam or who you know is taking online classes. Or ask a friend, hey, can you check in with me at the end of the day to make sure I did this work? I think I think that's like the biggest thing that's worked for me. The time we are living in is it's quite different. I would assume most of us as early 20s, uh, mid 20s have not been through a pandemic like this. How are you able to stay motivated in, in those uncertain time that anything can happen? For sure, I would definitely say planning. <laughs> like I said before, I think that's the first thing, like type A for anyone who doesn't know, type A personality, you really like planning, you like organizing, you like deadlines, you like sticking to a nice, rigid schedule. Um, I'd say the only diff- deviation from me in type A is I am flexible and adaptable to certain situations. So for me, when I meet a goal, I get more motivated because it's like, wow, I got that done and I got that done and here's a check mark in this box and hey, we got this done. And I I don't know, it just makes me feel a lot better. Um on the other hand, when I don't meet a goal, I feel demotivated. So I guess in those moments where I, I start to feel a little less um, motivated or not as much drive to get my goals done because I feel like I haven't gotten so much done, I self-care. It's easy now in these times when you have so much time to self-care. I've been like cooking at home. Sometimes if I feel like stressed, I'll just take a break, go to my kitchen, make something healthy. Even right now, I've... I've got these Nutella sandwiches with whipped cream. It's amazing. <laughs> so, you know, just like having something that, that really makes you feel a little less stress, stressed, even like working out to a dance video or getting on the phone for 10 minutes or, you know, I know all these things sound like distractions, but a lot of times they give us the mental break that we need and just some room to breathe. Um, even if you want to feel like you're getting some work done and it's a little bit of a mental break, one thing I do is watch medical documentaries. Canopy, K-A-N-O-P-Y, amazing website to like watch like docu-series, info-series. Like, it's amazing. I love documentaries. Even Netflix has a few good ones, but you might get distracted by other things on Netflix too. So um, yeah, I'll usually try to look at a public health video or a like documentary that I feel like is interesting to me. And by the time I finish that, I'm like, whoa, I totally have to get into this field. I know all this information. I have to finish. And I just feel a little more pushed towards my goal because there's all these social justice reasons. There's all these, you know, social disparities and reasons why we need to be motivated, why we need to keep working towards the goal. And it just like reignites this fire, I guess, like this passion in my heart for my, I guess, my career choice and my field of choice. Interesting. As most of the listeners here will be pre-health students like us who are, are working towards getting into the healthcare, what words of motivation or what words of encouragement do you have for them? Be realistic in the most graceful way you can with yourself. And, and by graceful, I just mean be gentle with yourself, but also be very realistic. Um, it's it's better you acknowledge the ways that you've made mistakes or the ways that you're not make, meeting those goals that you have for yourself and you're able to fix those mistakes or, you know, get some help setting a new schedule or using new resources to help you retain the information that you want to and apply it in a, in a, a healthy way. So I, I feel like if you can be real with yourself and fix up those things and not in such a harsh, 
mean way to yourself. Where you're gentle, you just you're gonna want to be more honest with yourself. You're not gonna be in denial about certain things. You're going to accept that. Hey, I need to change this in my schedule. I need to work a little harder. I need a little more accountability. And then second, don't be afraid to ask for help. <laughs> like don't 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 be afraid. There is not a single one of us that doesn't have a mentor or a family member or a friend, someone that's helping us in some way. Um, and then that can be, you know, on a phone call, that can be with studying, that can be tutoring, that can even just be emotional support. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Like we're all in the same, in the same road going on slightly different paths, but same road, same goal. So we're here, you know, we're in this together. Be gentle, but be realistic. I, I like that because there are people who, who are realistic. However, that tends to be too strong. Right. So at the same time, being gentle, I, I like it. Uh, so let's move on to now the second part, which is the work life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How coronavirus has affected your work life. I think we have uh, a lot to talk about here. Oh, my gosh, so much. <laughs> Before all this started, uh, you were medical scribe. However, due to this, things have changed. Could you briefly describe what has changed? For one, I'm not working. <laughs> I'm not working. At first, I wasn't told what was going to be happening um, with my job. I honestly didn't tie it to COVID-19. I had a couple co-workers and my direct supervisor kind of, um, how do I say it? kind of push the coronavirus and media attention it was receiving to the side as if it wasn't a big deal. And I guess having someone like who influences me in, in such a position of authority, I was kind of like, oh, okay, I guess this won't impact anything really here. And then it was just like my job wasn't, well, I would ask, hey, I just confirming because I'm in a training process still. It's like a three month long training process. Hey, like I'm just making sure I'm still coming into chart this week. I'm still coming into pre-chart, just coming in to review some tests. And it was like, no, we're actually not going to need you this week. We'll follow up. And so then after about two or three weeks of that, uh, I was I sent an email that all scribe programs within Mount Sinai would be closing temporarily. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's changed my income, for one. <laughs> it's changed my schedule. I At first, that type A personality was very resistant to it and very upset because it's like, dang, where am I going to go? Like, I need to go out my house and get something done and learn something. And I don't know. It was a lot at first. I didn't know this, actually. So as a medical scribe, you're considered non-essential. I'm, I'm not essential to being directly there. So the government and New York City Department of Health and Hygiene would consider me essential. But when you go into these hospital systems and a lot of healthcare agencies, they want to be as, um, what's that word? I guess as prepared as possible. And they want to kind of mitigate and, and mediate like whatever the problem is. So if they can reduce risk, by having less, you know, opportunities for people to be contaminated or to be infected, they're going to do that. So um, if I can work from home, I'll work from home. But my job has been very slow to have me start working from home. I see. So you are in the process of working from home? Yeah. So I had, last week I had two tests to test my internet. Before that, they sent me a bunch of like screenings, online Google forms to fill in about like privacy just to make sure that we were complying with HIPAA. Um, and it's still just a waiting process. It's been like a three-week process, basically. In this training process, I would assume, even if you get paid, you're paid less, I would assume, or you're not paid at all. 
So for the, when I'm going into work and any online training, they pay me for every single thing from getting drug tests to getting, um, to going into work brand orientation, to pre-charting at home, to online training at home. They pay me for every single thing. However, for the online screenings, like these forms that I fill out, I'm not paid for that. This is like the first time I haven't been paid for anything like that. And I guess it's because they don't know if they're going to end up using me at the end of the day. Um, I also have to match to a site. So that's like another part of it that wants to use telescribes um, who can work virtually from home. Even though you are paid uh, for the things you're doing here and there, I would assume you had planned out to have X amount of hours uh, to work. I'm not even making 5% of what I was making throughout um, February and January and December. My income has drastically decreased. Um, and I don't live at home. So my, my family is back in Rockland and I financially support myself from... My housing to school fees to food to like everything. Um, so it's like I'm banking on that. But the good thing is before this happened, I got really serious about establishing a savings in December. And I thank God for that because <laughs> if I was spending money the way I was last in 2019, this would be a very different conversation. <laughs> so I'm like good on I'm good for rent. I should be good for rent until like June, July, but I'm still worried because I did have things I wanted to spend. Like I was, I wanted to also save for school. So it wasn't just like rent and food. It's also like, I want to, I want to, you know, pay for school for summer classes, but I just, I want to get it out of the way, just pay and not have to worry about it. So yeah. That is quite a scary time to live in because you're quite dependent on the pay that you get from your work. God forbid, but uh, if this goes for a long time, what does this mean for your financial situation? What does this mean for you, you taking classes over the summer? Well, I think the thing is, like, I'm definitely going to take those classes. Uh, no matter what happens, like, I'm taking those classes. Where there's a will, there's a way. And I'm going to take those classes, and I'm going to finish. Because <laughs> um, I just... Like, yeah, I have to get that out of the way. But um, I think it also means that I'm going to have to find another way to secure an income or reach out to my family for help. But that's something like I like to avoid and stuff like that. Because um, I also have a younger sister who's in school. My mom's trying to go back to school. She's a nurse right now and she wants to advance her degree. Um my older sister just finished her medical assistant program and she wants to go back to school. So it's just like everybody is in school right now. Um, and it'd be kind of like unfair to say like my school matters more than your school. So I'm trying to avoid that. But at the same time, I do like recognize um, if you need help, you can't be afraid to ask. And like my family would be the people I'd go to first. Um, and then, like, if really, really hits the fan, my credit isn't terrible, I could take out a loan. It's just like, you know, everyone wants to avoid taking out a loan. Have you started already of thinking of ways to save more? Or how would you manage your finances differently now moving forward? Now, now that we know that this is something that could happen all of a sudden. Um, another thing that happened... Because all of this happened and because of social distancing, crazy, but I've been saving so much money, <laughs> like in the sense that 
not that I have a high income, but in the sense that I'm not spending a lot. I'm like the type of person to work 16 hours, three days a week, and then do like internship and school related stuff on two days. And then like during the weekend, go out with all, like go to brunch, go to dinner, go to, go to Sunday church, go out for tea, spend money on all these meals. Um, and honestly, it saved me a lot of money. Like you can go out to dinner in Brooklyn, you know, in downtown Brooklyn and spend like 50 bucks. 50 bucks sounds like a little money, but like that's a lot of money you could put towards stuff like books, Metro card, whatever it is. That's happened unlimited Metro card. So I feel like I've I haven't been spending as much and I feel like it's also limited. I haven't been doing my nails. <laughs> nails are expensive, man. I pay like 60, 70 bucks to get my nails done. Um, um, yeah, so I also like, I don't know, maybe you know about this, maybe you don't. I have black hair. Hair care for like Nigerian or African-American hair is extremely expensive. Like these braids for $250. So um I'm laughing because I'm just thinking about how bad it sounds that I spend money on these things. But, um, yeah, I haven't, like, I haven't had any need to, like, go and get my braids done because I'm just going to wear these till they turn to locks. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's also just changed my perspective on what's necessary and what's not necessary, really, in life when it comes to spending. And I, I didn't grow up really in an environment where I was taught how to save money or budget. Um, there was a lot of frugality, ex ex like, you know, expressed in my house, but I never really knew like, Hey, this is how you money manage. Um, so I, I started working in finance a couple years ago and that's really how I learned to money manage better. Um, and then this happened. So I think in a way I got lucky to be able to like not spend as much because I'm at home. Um, and I can't really go out. So yeah, uh, I, I did apply to a couple jobs that would require me to go out, though, because I, I have my EMTB license. So if those hire me, then, yeah. From what I understand, uh, what you're saying is uh, you are willing to go out at this time and work in person. Uh -huh. Oh, I see. In, in a sense, it makes sense because you don't do you do you live with roommates or I do. I do live with roommates, but two of my roommates are not here. They move back to their respective states, um, but they're still paying rent. So I, I live in a four-bedroom, two-bathroom, and right now it's just two of us here. So we're using separate bathrooms, and which normally we share a bathroom um, just with one person. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of space, but yeah, I'm willing to go back out, A, because I don't live with my family, really, and B, because I only have one roommate who I, we literally don't see each other the way we've set things up. So, yeah, I think, like, 30% of the reason I'm willing to go back out is, like, obviously financial. I do want to be able to have an income, and if that's the way that I'll get it, then okay. And then I think 70% of it is, uh, like, the line of care that I'm in when it comes to healthcare, public health, social justice, I I wouldn't mind being at the front lines of this type of thing. Um, I see myself at the front lines down the line, um, and I'm I'm not. I don't think I'm really afraid so much. Interesting, because I think uh, from how I see it, 
I guess we just have to balance out the risks and the rewards, right? So how much risk are you willing to take or how much reward are you getting out of it? And uh, it's a a fine line. And I guess it really depends on you, how you would like to define what, what is risky and what is rewardful, right? At this unfortunate time. For people who are working, let's say, and people who are not working, let's say people who have lost their job due to this, what kind of words of encouragement do you have for them? To remember that there are a lot of resources available at this time, especially um, in the sense that, you know, maybe your landlord might not be too nice about rent, but like when it comes to your gas bill or your light bill or water bill, um, if you don't have a savings, which is okay, like we're pretty young, so I'm, I feel very lucky that I established a savings. Um, but if you weren't able to establish one or it's not that it may not carry you that long, call these like call these companies and tell them, hey, this is what's going on and da 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 I can't pay this, that, and the third. Or if you know you 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 feel like you're in a position where you really need a financial income, maybe you're our age and you're a pre-health student, but you happen to have a kid or a dependent living with you, you come first, your family comes first. Just remember that you come first and your family comes first. Me, I don't feel forced to like, you know, go and work out like outside of the house. It's just like, okay, like I can secure an income if my job takes too long. My job has like about a month to get its life together. (laughs) And then if it doesn't, I'll do what I need to do. But at the same time, I, I love, you know, working in emergency care. Like I was an EMT, I got my certification, everything. And I like that. Um, I like being the first person to interact with someone who's in crisis. I work at a crisis center now, so it's not any, it wouldn't be a huge change for me. But if that's, if you're not comfortable with it, if your job isn't giving you protective equipment, like PPE or anything like that, you don't have to work there. Put yourself first because they're not going to be the ones to feed your families. If God forbid something happened to you, they're not going to be the ones to put your, put you through college or pay for these expenditures. So yeah, Money is an income and you do need it, but there are so many resources and alternatives, especially in this time now. People are so much more understanding. So you be understanding of yourself and your situation too. Now we'll finish the second part and then we'll jump into now the third part, the last part, which is how generally your life has been affected and uh, how you see moving forward now what do you envision your life to be there there's a lot of um i guess sides to how people's i guess especially in america how the system is uh, divided into the the right left etc i don't want to be too political but uh how do you think the federal government has been responding to the situation i personally don't really like the current administration policy-wise or behavior, but I will say that I feel extremely lucky to be in New York right now under the current governor that we have, um, Governor Cuomo. I really don't know a lot about Governor Cuomo, to be honest. Um, I wish I did know more, but I can say that I do like the policies and programs that he's put in place in New York, at least, Um, like fining people for not social distancing if they're not essential workers, uh, encouraging Con Ed, uh, National Grid, and all these other utility companies to put a pause on um, payment penalties, expanding unemployment benefits. I, I had a friend literally last week on Monday who went into her job like a regular day 
And during her lunch break, her HR rep came to talk to her and, and she was laid off in a moment. And they gave her the papers for unemployment. And luckily, unemployment has expanded so she can she can like do that right now. Um, but it's just like, you know, there are people who are, are losing jobs left and right. And I think New York has responded well to it. Unfortunately, I do think that the current administration has taken this as an opportunity to polarize the country against Asian Americans at, at multiple opportunities. And he did apologize, but I, I think that's not sufficient because it's not really about your intention. It's about the impact at this point. But I do think the stimulus checks and the CARES package that they, they recently signed will be helpful for some people. Um, someone like me who doesn't have a lot of expenses. Yeah, that's that's something. Someone who has three kids and a low-income job, I don't know. A lot of people, I would assume, in um, if you check your social media and so forth, they're, they, they post about how, uh, oh, this is, you have a lot of time now, you got to get into new hobbies. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm probably one of those people, sorry. <laughs> what... Uh, and you've mentioned how you, you did uh, started new hobbies and started cooking. And, and so it, it is understandable that people have time. Uh, obviously, there, there's no arguing in that. But there's also the other side, which says um, people are uh, mentally, they, they might be uh, not as healthy as, as normal uh, life that we used to have. Where do you stand? Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is one of those times where you have so much time. You have so much freedom you have so much like you don't have to just do something that everyone else is telling you is the right skill to do or that i don't know that you need to learn it could be something that you've always wanted to do it could be learning another language it could be i don't know getting better at video games if you want to get better at video games it could be drawing it could be uno i i don't know whatever the skill is like as long as you feel like you're developing yourself, like your character, um, I think that's really what, what you want to do during this time. Um, yeah, I mean, and especially if you especially if you are in that group where you feel like maybe you're physically pre present, but mentally and emotionally, it's just been a bit of a burden during this time. Now's the time to do those things that relieve stress for you. Do that yoga or play that instrument or breathing exercises or order a humidifier or an oil diffuser I, I don't know it's like honestly you you're the expert of your own experience you know what's best for you to be honest so um yeah I'd say now's like a great time to do those things even if you may be struggling a bit emotionally I like how uh, you said use those hobbies as a way to relieve those stresses because uh, they they should not be conflicting with each other they should work with each other I like that as someone who now plans to move forward and serve in the front line, how have you been directly or indirectly helping to alleviate this pandemic? Part of it is before the crisis center closed last Wednesday, a lot of the people who'd reach out to us um, that I would talk to were really in fear. So they talk a lot about the feelings and emotions that they were experiencing because of COVID-19. Uh, we did get a spike in older people reaching out. A lot of them didn't really have anyone to talk to or to help them. And it's difficult with older people because oftentimes older people suffer from depression and isolation as it is. 
And sometimes for them, the only time they get a visit may be like on that Sunday or that that weekend, their family might come in for dinner um, and the rest of the week they're by themselves. And so being by themselves on top of this is is stressful. A lot of a lot of the people who reached out. And then I guess also with BXCHL, the newsletter, um, supporting my peers and our students through the newsletter. Yeah, I'm really grateful that I have the team that I have to work with on getting this newsletter out to to students who who need this information about COVID-19. How has BXCHL helped your journey towards healthcare? BXCHL has helped so much. Um, I can't even begin to describe. I think the main ways it's helped is it's given me ownership. A lot of other pre-health programs, internships, or whatever way you get involved with healthcare there's not as much room for you to start initiatives and implement programs and really add your own creative influence to whatever it is. And I think because of how much ownership BXHL gives its students, we get to really practice being pioneers in medicine. And every week having that pioneer in medicine come with their, you know, unique, completely inspiring story. I, it leaves me awestruck because Sometimes these pioneers in medicine come from very difficult backgrounds and may have not grown up in the most privileged circumstances. And then to see them become literal pioneers in medicine, leaders and, and people at the forefront of their fields, oftentimes socioeconomically they, they were disadvantaged and oftentimes they're people of color. And to see someone who looks like me and who grew up in the same situation as me, I don't know, it just makes me feel like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. Um, and then to be surrounded by peers who, even with newsletter, I'm interviewing some of my peers who I don't know a lot about their stories. I just know they got into medical school. And I'm hearing what they're saying. And I'm like, whoa, you work so hard. <laughs> like, whoa, you deserve this. Like, whoa. And um, I don't know. It's just, you feel encouraged. I think that's the biggest thing. You feel encouraged. You feel inspired. You feel moved. Even for me, I think the pioneers in medicine that, that we have access to every uh, other Tuesday, um, it's very, I would say, in general life, we don't have that close of a contact with them, I would say, right? We do see them, but uh, once in a while, but we don't, we don't have straight away, we can just sit right in front of them and ask questions and understand, you know, I, I feel privileged to, to have that access. Um, moving forward now, how this COVID-19 has affected uh, your school, how it affected your life, how it affected your work. How do you envision your life moving forward? Do you see any change uh, moving forward? I guess going through one of these things makes you change the way that you invest your time and energy in certain things. I know this is so cheesy and this is like what they always say in the movies, but some things just really don't matter. <laughs> Like some things just really aren't that important. Um, simple things like who cares if you get your nails done? I mean, yeah, it's cute and all, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's little things like the people in your life, um, the connections that you have, the people that you want to invest in, the people that are investing in you. That's what matters. Like the people whose lives you're going to make a difference in and who have made a difference in your lives. I really don't think anything else matters so much as much as the time and energy that we put into it i also like write poetry and try to have it tied to like some social justice or public health aspect 
and I started writing again because I have more time. I didn't, I haven't really had time this year at all, but I want to spend more energy and time recording for that and getting that info out there, especially when it's online, and especially because I know art is such a, a beautiful medium for relieving stress. So I think that's the only things that have changed a lot for me. I think it's a quite profound to be able to distinguish what matters in, in, in your life. I think we have we are coming to an end. Do you have any final thoughts? Anything that you would like to say to the people listening and going through this? Money isn't the only investment you can make in life. Time and energy are also things that you invest and sometimes can't get back. And so use your time and energy wisely, like now, because um, we can't change the circumstance or the situation as of right now. Hopefully in the future we can. But what we can change is what we invest our time and energy in. Are we going to invest it in things that don't matter, have never mattered? Or are we going to to invest in the things that really matter at the end of the day when you're in the middle of a global pandemic. And if they matter when you're in a global pandemic, they matter when things are regular too. So yeah, that's all I, I really have to say. So find what matters to you and invest time and energy into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I think we'll end in this beautiful note. Thank you so much. Ah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I enjoyed this. Uh, love BXC show. Love what you're doing too, Tenzin. <laughs> that is it for episode one of hidden in medicine podcast if you enjoyed this episode feel free to share this with one of your friend to stay updated on our future episodes and release dates find us on instagram at hidden in medicine stay safe and i'll see you next episode